0: Bring me you're tired, you're stressed, you're overwhelmed and anxious, yearning for some joy in life. It's time to go out and play. Hello and welcome back to Playgrounding. This is Caristort Fortier. Today, we are going to have a very powerful conversation with international speaker and writer, Mike Montague. Um, It's hard to nail down like a specific topic for this episode, or at least it was, um, because we talk about three seemingly different things. First, we talk about what it means and doesn't mean to sell out. In other words, balancing our personal freedom and passion with greater career obligations. And that is in regard to work and play. Um, Then we have a really important discussion about one of the most difficult issues facing us humans right now. And that is what do we do about social media Um, we talk about our responses our personal responses to the documentary the social dilemma which leads us to a deeper discussion that was kind of a pleasant surprise about how we can rethink community and what it means to curate not our feeds, (laughs) but what we choose to focus our minds on and live a more healthy, playful life, Um, which is what inspired Mike Montague to start a community of his own that you are invited to join called Playful Humans, and you'll hear all about that. Um, And I just want to say this episode was recorded about a month ago, and I had not heard of Clubhouse yet, um, the new audio social network, but I have now. And I just want to let you know some awesome things are happening in the play community. Jeff Harry and Gary Ware are speaking almost every time I log in. Also, the Playful Creative Summit is going to be on Clubhouse in conjunction with their event that's coming up that I should really tell you about because I'm one of the speakers. Um, The Playful Creative Summit, it is for everyone who is curious about how play and creativity can enhance our world and our lives. It takes place April 21 to 25 Um, I'll be talking about spirituality and play but there are 50 speakers and they're all talking about different things including science gamification creativity all things play Um, at first when I was doing my talk I tried to pull back a little bit and maybe like inch back toward play in the workplace you know that kind of thing I felt weird diving into spirituality but then Aaliyah who was interviewing me for the talk she asked me to dive deeper into spirituality she said they'd never really had anyone talk about that before and they really wanted a diverse set of ideas which I thought was really really cool um, and yesterday I actually got to meet some attendees and um, it was at a preview event and I found myself in a breakout with four different sets of people. Um, One just happened to be a game designer, a mental health researcher, you name it. Um, There were all different kinds of people from different parts of the world, but also from different perspectives on play. Um, And I'm really excited to hear what everyone has to say. The summit is free. Um, You can register now. The link is at my homepage, Playgrounding.com. And I would actually love for you to register at that link because it's my first time using an affiliate link on Playgrounding. And yes, I did just say that the event is free. But if you happen to decide to become a sponsor of the event, you'll get an all access playground pass um, because it's a very international group and the sessions don't happen at specific times. They drop a group of talks every day that you can listen to at your leisure that day. But with the free level, you only have that day um, with an all access playground pass, you can watch the interviews on your own anytime. (coughs) Um, Almost spilled some water. once the summit is finished. So if you register through my link and decide to do that, I'll get a portion of your sponsorship and I just wanna be fully transparent about that. Now, let's get back to what's really important, Mr. Mike Montague. Mike is an international speaker and writer in the areas of sales, personal development, social selling, and delivering engaging virtual presentations. As Global Head of Content at Sandler Training, he oversees the creation and production of their training content, online courses, and thought leadership. He hosts live and virtual events for Sandler, as well as the popular How to Succeed podcast with over 2 million downloads. He is also the co-author of LinkedIn, The Sandler Way, and Sandler's go-to expert on social media and virtual selling. His humorous real-world approach to difficult topics and authentic stage presence empowers professionals to greatly improve their life and their business. Mike is an award-winning speaker, entertaining over 2,000 audiences live and virtually. He has performed as an educator, keynote speaker, radio on-air personality, so jealous, (laughs) karaoke host, game show host, and DJ, where he opened for Billy Idol and Frankie Valli in Kansas City. He has been trusted to educate and entertain audiences at Google, Thermo Fisher, Kansas City Chiefs, Qualcomm, Sprint, Eli Lilly, and many more. He is also an accomplished writer and has been published by LinkedIn, HubSpot, and other popular blogs and magazines. He's previously worked as the Promotions and Website Coordinator for Cumulus Media and the Chiefs Radio Network, an Internet Marketing Director at Ad Trends Advertising. Um, If you're not intimidated now, here's Mike. Well, hello, Mike Montague. Thank you so much for being on my podcast this time. I'm so happy to have you.
1: Hey, Kara! Great to be here, and and thank you for being on my podcast.
0: <laughs> and I owe it all. We all owe it all to Jeff Harry, of course. He is the great connector yeah. of people. He was on a few months ago on the show. I loved it so much. Um, so I did not know you very well before we first met there just a few weeks ago, and I've and I have been just kind of blown away. First of all, by your podcast, and I just kind of want to say to people out there, my podcast is long. And if you, and it's long and it's like usually a long like interview, I absolutely love how you do the Playful Humans podcast. It's a half an hour and it's, it's got little segments. It's got jokes. It's got all this stuff that I always thought maybe I'd try to do something like that, but you're doing it and it's awesome. And I feel like people, especially if you're like, Kara's got another 50 minute interview, go just <laughs> listen to Mike every week. Cause it's awesome.
1: <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. And yes, I, I do have a radio background, which I'm sure we'll get into <gasps> So I like to uh I like to produce the the segments and and have different you know parts to the to the show for sure
0: absolutely awesome well one of the things I wondered you have this background um as I read in your bio in the introduction this background in business you're a speaker you've written books um you have a podcast on sales you've been doing for a long time um and now you're writing about you're talking about play and not only just like talking about you're investing a lot of time you're doing a podcast you're also you also created a community which i think is a really really important thing right now um a private community it's not just on facebook it's its own little place where you can go without all the facebook drama um what caused you first of all tell me about your business background and, um and but just wh- where in there did you decide to start focusing on this topic
1: well, it's always been a, a passion for me. So when I was uh, growing up really little, I used to interview my my friends and my brother and sister and uh, used to do little skits and videos and, and stuff as a family. So we were always very playful. And um, I was also very good at, at computers. So I grew up in the time where I grew up with computers. I, I was probably um, seven and my mom won a computer and a radio station contest. And so, cool. um, it was back before there were like apps and windows and everything, even. So I had to learn how to program (laughs) the computer just to use it when I was like seven years old. And, uh, I didn't want to be a a nerd, right. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be the guy on the radio. And so I did that. I figured, um, I went to school and got my communication theory degree and I feel felt like that would allow me to take broadcasting classes and these business communication, human relations classes so that I could have something to fall back on. Uh, but then I went into radio. So I, I thought, like, I, I don't want to be a nerd and sit, you know behind a desk in a room by myself all day. I want to be cool. I want to be on the radio. And so I did that in my 20s. Turns out the job is sitting in a room behind a computer. By yourself all day, uh, so I kind of changed gears. And also, the pay is terrible, which is another bonus of working in radio. <laughs> so I kind of I enjoyed the live performance side, and that's really mm-hmm. where I think my passion is. So um, I transitioned from performing in bars and clubs and for concerts and stuff to doing corporate events and and public speaking, and leverage social media is kind of my way into that. So mm-hmm. it's a long. Uh, version of my life history there that I just gave you but social media was what transitioned it so in the radio I had thousands of people following me as a a semi-local celebrity and I had to figure out these tools and use my technology background to to kind of get into that world and then the business side they needed that at that time so in the early 2000s uh, it was really easy for me to to transition over and start doing keynotes, and I wrote the book on LinkedIn that that got me into that. And keynote speeches for corporations pay way more
0: yeah. than radio
1: DJ sitting out at a uh, at a gas station trying to get you to sign up for a free iPod.
0: <laughs> oh, but it's so fun! <laughs> <But> no, that <laughs> it is that's way more fun. <laughs> that is so great. Yeah. Oh, you were gonna say something.
1: Yeah, I had one more thing to add there too, which is
0: uh,
1: I like a low bar. So the other thing that I found is when you play for a living, uh, there are really funny comedians. There are really outstanding entertainers, uh, DJs and uh, on the radio or in clubs. They're phenomenal. I was kind of middle of the pack. I'd give myself like a B-minus maybe. (laughs) But when you switch to the corporate world, a B-minus radio DJ is like, A plus sales trainer (laughs) or or somebody talking about social media. So by changing my pond there a little bit, I also separated out my myself from the pack. And that's why I think play is still important to me today because that's what makes me different from all these other boring keynote speakers or people talking about technical details yeah. that, that really ruin, you know, is just death by PowerPoint.
0: Right? <laughs> well, my, my, the question that comes to my mind is I think there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there who talk about, um, you know, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But a lot of us don't have the luxury of having that kind of job. You know, if you're in a marketing, you're sitting in your cubicle kind of sounds like, and I, and I know that your podcast is called playful humans and humans who play for a Living. Um, It kind of sounds like, oh, well, at one time he was a radio DJ, but he wasn't making enough money. So he left this really fun thing to go do something in the corporate world. And it just kind of sounds like that backwards. But you don't seem to be someone who's, you know, hurting by having to leave that behind. You're still playing for a living, even though you're not doing that cool, fun, artsy kind of, you know, rogue job. Tell me that. So it's kind of backwards from the normal thing we always hear about. But it sounds yeah. pretty amazing, actually.
1: <laughs> well, I have learned a lot. And I think that quote is absolutely false. Um, so <laughs> when you find your passion, you still have days where you have to pay your taxes or absolutely. you have to get paid by somebody else. So I learned that really <laughs> young. Uh, one as a DJ, but, but also as a graphic designer and web designer with the, with the computer stuff is mm-hmm. when I'm a DJ and I'm DJing somebody's wedding, My job, I'm there working. So, my job is to make sure that they have the most amount of fun possible, not me. So, if the bride and groom really love rock music and I would prefer to play, you know, 80s retro, I'd play the rock music because that's my job. So, it's still my passion. Music and entertainment is my passion, but I'm still working for those four hours, right? If I want to do my own show, that's what the podcast and that's what these other creative pursuits are for, or -hmm. those are my expressions of my personal. Creativity and what I want to do, and so I see everything as a mix of that too. When I was a graphic designer, sometimes I had to make ugly logos and signs <laughs> for people. And a company said, "No, we just want big black letters on a bright yellow background so that they can see it from space." And you're like, "All right, I guess it's your sign." You know, I can do something pretty, but but you know, whatever. So I don't think that part's part's true. So that makes it a lot easier for me then, right? Mm-hmm, I think about. Yeah how do you find rhythms? How do you get uh, a side project? So I've never had one job really in my whole life. I've always had at least two where Mm. I could express my creativity in the DJ world or or with a, a website or project that I was doing. I had an internet radio station that was mine, but I was also on the radio for other people where I was getting paid by other people. That kind of allows me to balance that personal freedoms and passion with the career obligations.
0: Yeah. It kind of takes that whole selling out thing and just turns it on its head because there, there's no such thing as selling out when you're actually doing something you're good at. You're able to provide for yourself and your family and you're just out there doing your thing. And you're not just creative in the things that you do, but in the way you approach life and work in general, it sounds like. that's
1: you. Well, you hit another thing right on the head because <laughs> I sold out day one on radio. <laughs> yes. Um it's a job, right? And you're an artist <laughs> right. and you're starving and you need to pay your bills. So absolutely I took I took I said yes to everything because that mm-hmm. got me the experience. So uh it's I don't know if it'd be funny for all your listeners, but I grew up in, in the Missouri side of Kansas City and I went to MU and our big rival is Kansas. So the KUMU rivalry is like <laughs> it's a border war, it goes back to the Civil War here in Kansas. <laughs> And so I hated KU. The very first sponsorship I got offered was $100 to read a one minute television commercial for the KU bookstore. And I sold out. They had the fight music behind me. I'm saying, oh, you got the cure for what's ailing you. Jayhawk fever. Come on down to the KU bookstore. And I was like, pay me my money. I'm getting paid (laughs) to read lines and be an actor, not paid to express my, my value and my opinions. Right. But I think the same thing is, is true. And all of that is, uh, yeah, there are times when you're, you're selling out and you're doing it for a job. And there are times where you get to uh, do what you want and make your art. And then sometimes if you're lucky enough and you build your own audience, those things line up. Right. But, but you have to decide what is your art? What, what is your, your hobby and what's your career and what are you getting paid for?
0: Yeah. I mean, and there's nothing, I mean, just even playgrounding, it's a lot of work. I mean, podcasting is fun. And I actually went yeah. to Pasadena City College for a little while and took classes on broadcast because they have the KPCC studio there. And I got to, but you know, it's fun. I come back and I'm producing my podcast. It's a lot of work to sometimes even follow a dream or things like that. So Well, that's why I
1: think anybody that you've heard of is sold out Mm a long, long time.
0: Oh, yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) So I I don't think that's uh, that's anything uh, bad. I I think Mm -hmm. those are all experiences. And I've done a lot of stuff from weight loss commercials. I got paid to lose weight. I lost like 40 pounds uh, over the course of six months. And they were buying my groceries and (laughs) for my clothes. I DJed for Express and got all new jeans and and shirts like, hey, that's what it's for. We're bartering our services. And and for me, the whole point of creating something is Mm -hmm. to be able to do it again. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you make enough out of it or you get enough out of it to be able to want to do it again and to be able to afford to do it again, then that's the whole that's the whole point
0: right that's so cool because it's just more it sounds like your mindset has really just been the thing that's guided you and not just yeah it's I feel like it's, it's so easy yeah. to slide into that but I'm not getting to do the thing I you know <laughs> um but we'll you'll do it then that's yeah, what, exactly. that's what
1: I say right like yeah. if you want to do the thing you want that's different go do it just realize you might not get paid for that
0: Exactly. Uh, so
1: I love Lego and I know our friend Jeff has gotten paid to build, build Lego before, right? I would love that. That but yeah. Lego is my side hobby. That's a, the passion, a, a thing that I enjoy doing and, and it's fun, but I haven't figured out how to get paid. Them, yeah.
0: Right. Well, and you're yeah. you just started something that I know in the play community. There's not a lot of money in in having a podcast on play. I I know that quite well. <laughs> um, but you did that. You're a, you're a very successful person, salesperson, and speaker. Um, but you're investing your time not only into doing a podcast, but also building a community on Mighty Networks, which is a which is a private social network. And it's a Mm -hmm. lot of work to build one of those and to promote one of those, but you're putting your time in. What made you decide to do this? Where along the line did play become enough of a priority to put in the kind of time that I know you're doing to build these awesome, these awesome platforms?
1: It's a, a great question. I think there's two parts to that. One is uh, the play stuff and really the the passion to do something for myself. So mm-hmm. I was getting a little burnout just doing the corporate stuff. I needed a new thing that was just for me where I could express my opinions, especially when you get to larger and larger corporate deals like yeah. uh, Thermo Fisher Scientific or I've performed for Google and and large linkedin and salesforce themselves i mean they're large <laughs> companies uh especially in today's world right that really limits what you can talk about and the roi and and the personality you can put in uh to something and so i was feeling like i i needed an outlet for myself yeah. so and, and to be more playful myself too especially in um 2020 that's really when it kind of kicked over for me from creativity to play mm-hmm. but I wanted an excuse of something to remind me to play every day, to get out Mm. there and have fun and and to even put that in a schedule, like a workout routine. So for me, it's kind of like joining a gym. I have to go read about play now. I have to go have some fun. I have to go look for funny videos or interesting guests for the podcast because I've committed to it. Mm -hmm. And that makes it uh, more sustainable for me than just, you know, I should really do something fun this weekend. And then we all get it's easier to watch a Netflix, you know, series than it is to go actually have some fun. So I wanted some accountability there, and then mm-hmm. the audience and building the community is something completely different. I, I've also found, because of my background in social media, that I'm not happy with what is out there, and I feel like it's the way television was in the '70s. Right? There were three main channels, and so you got mm-hmm. network uh, networks like. Facebook, Twitter, and and Google, LinkedIn, and that's it. Those are the only channels. But what we need is the cable networks. what we need is the YouTube of social media where you can go and and just experience one channel talking about one thing and not get mixed up in politics and not bring other things into it, but have a really safe for privacy, uh, but Mm -hmm. safe space to talk about what we want and find people who get the joke, right? So I don't have to be everything for everybody and satisfy a billion users on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I just need to find enough people that get the joke that want to talk about what I want to talk about. And I can, I can have that conversation with people and just ignore everything else.
0: That is so important right now. I, I, I swear. And I didn't know that we were going to talk <laughs> about this, but I I've been, yeah just reeling after watching the social dilemma and, um, on Netflix right. and um, and learning more. And I've started digging in and I've started joining conversations, um, with the center for humane technology. They have one every Friday. Um, there are a couple others that I learned about recently. Um, shoot, I can't remember the name of it, but they're about building different. They're trying to figure out new ways of doing these, op- these open spaces where we all share yeah. our lives together online. And it's just, it's disheartening, but at the same time, st- uh, at the, the Center for Humane Technology, what I found is that there are so many people out there who are, th- who are so frustrated about this. They get together to talk about it, to figure out what is next. And it actually started making me excited instead of disheartened because I said, we're all out here working on this together. We all believe in this so much. And, what, and I had actually thought about doing something like that, but I'm just, I'm a little, I, I get introverted sometimes and it's hard for me to keep up social networking yeah. all the time. And so when I saw that you did this, it really just fit into the thing that I've been thinking the most about lately, which is how do you get away from, like, if I go to a play thing on my, for my own and I run into an, a, a cousin who's really, really angry all the time, who just starts, you know, saying all this weird stuff. And I'm like, there's no way to really just have this conversation. But when I go into your network, there it is. And it's just, right. I know what we're there to do. I know what we're there to talk about. And it actually forms a more instant bond. Um, I joined another one um, based on a woman who, who's a therapist who just didn't have enough time to take all these patients. But what she specializes in is something I wanted to learn more about. So she created this network on Mighty Networks. And I can go in there and I know that every single person there is there for the same reason. And I mm-hmm. immediately felt an, a kinship with those people that I'm not going to find on Facebook. You know, so it's just what yeah. you're doing is powerful, and I'm really one hundred percent behind it.
1: The social dilemma was really kind of a key shift for mm-hmm. me. I started the Mighty Network a year before I watched oh, wow. that, but um it really kind of flipped it over for me is it's two birds with one stone there for me because one, I'm creating this network and privacy, and i I'm not asking other people to sacrifice to to have these conversations. But mm-hmm. two, we're all programmed to scroll on our phone and and do fake connections. Social media is not social and reality TV is not reality. And so people have branded these words and screwed it up that even things that are supposed to be fun and lighthearted are not fun and lighthearted. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to take all of those things and and create something that actually was. So hopefully I'll get to be able to do live events and actually get outdoors and play with people or have game nights and real life and stuff eventually. But it was really important for me to find a way to actually be social with people Mm -hmm. and connect with real humans, not like their posts, but start a conversation (laughs) with somebody like you that we've had a couple now that are really fun and engaging and we're actually connecting rather than just, Flying past each other in
0: cyberspace. Right? Right? Oh, it's so, well, yeah. And it's funny because you said in the beginning that social media was what kind of helped you and and became, I was also in marketing and I was a a very early adopter for everything. And I became a trainer for people to learn how to use social networks and and HubSpot Mm -hmm. and all those things. Um, and I feel kind of weird about that now, but I do remember it being a lot of fun back in the very early days because there were a lot of real conversations. It was free and
1: open and they yeah. weren't manipulating you and the, you saw everybody's post in, in the feed. There were no crazy algorithms and they weren't worried about monetization. And so that's Mm-mm. where I am now. I mean, I guess I can't promise either that playful humans community will be free and open and, and safe yeah. for everybody forever. But I hope that it is because I don't need a million people to keep that going. Uh, If there's just 1500 of us in there that like it private and, and free and stuff, then great. That's sustainable for me. But uh, for them, I think the money and the going public and everything really changed the game. And it went from something that was fun and connecting with others to stuff that just wasn't fun anymore. I don't see anything that's interesting to me when I go on Facebook.
0: Me neither. It actually gives me a little anxiety every time I go on. (laughs) But the cool thing about it is playful people, people who don't, I I think a lot of people just see the social dilemma and we just feel stuck or, or, or like any big problem, right. That's out there right now, but playful people, people with a mindset like yours can come into a room and into those discussions and go, well, Hey, what can we do different? Cause those same people who are out there embracing the social media 10, 15 years ago are all still here. And we're all still, right. Feeling, we're all the same people. And I think like we can have discussions and build new things like you're doing right now. And I just, I think the playful mindset is way more powerful than people give it credit for. So,
1: <laughs> well, I agree with that. And, and again, uh, it ties into creativity for me. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get stuck and maybe your listeners have too. Is that they're um, they're believing those stories out there that social media and the the other media and stuff are pitching them, mm-hmm. and they haven't taken the time to kind of call a timeout and think about it. So that's mm-hmm. really what I did. I did a digital detox where nice. I deactivated my Facebook account. I turned my phone uh, completely on silent, not even vibrating, uh, just completely off, and I disconnected from everything and really just used email for work for uh, 30 days. And then I did another one where it was like a 90 day challenge where I only checked email twice a day and and didn't do social media and took some time to think about it and read about it and listen to other podcasts and find some alternatives because it's not all bad. There are good things there, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to reconnect that. I used to feel happy all the time. I used to be able to play with my friends. I used to be able to walk over and knock on somebody's door and just yep. see if they were home and stuff. And, and you and I are both kind of in that age range where we still remember. Oh yeah. That oh yeah. Half of our community now doesn't even know that that was a possibility No. At, at one point. And so I think when we get creative, when you ask people from different ages and, and things that um, you can find solutions to stuff, we can have, the best of both worlds, but we probably need to be more intentional about it than just following and and believing the hype and the story that we all have to get on TikTok because people are making millions of dollars on TikTok. It's just not true. And it's not, um, even the people that are, um, it goes away so fast. So I know (laughs) lots of people that have had viral videos and and gotten semi-famous for a second because they jumped on a platform early but it goes away and then all the value of that gets sucked out
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: i'm much more in a mentalist space or uh uh, not a mentalist but uh, a minimalist space here where i'd rather have you can experience the best of life and the things that really matter, then mm-hmm. try to do everything and be everything for everybody.
0: Oh, anymore. I love that. No, that's exactly what I'm contemplating these days myself as I move into some new things. And, and I, I had gotten involved with the children's screen time network. Um, just uh, the more I've learned and I want to get into advocacy and they're having these things called, and I just, t- I just found out like they have these things called the screen free Saturdays and they also have a nice. screen free week in May. And I'm, My first thought always is, but it's kind of what I do. Like, we gonna, you know. But I think if any, like what you just said, having a detox kind of helps us put it in perspective. And and I think that is a a part of play that we don't talk about as much. And I know in in our conversation on your podcast, we talked a little bit about meditation and those kinds of things. About um, and so I kind of want to turn one of the questions on you. I know you talked about this. I also heard it on one of your other episodes on when we do meditate do you and when we do come come into focus, um just the fact that you asked me that question made me want to ask you that question. How, what do you think about things like that detox and and coming away from the world a little bit to sort of re reconfigure? how does that work for you? and
1: lots of stuff there. I think mm-hmm. number one, it is important to get back to center and give yourself space to think. So just getting bored. that was one of my goals when uh covid hit actually is mm-hmm. everybody was kind of freaking out and there was initial kind of sprint for my business and career to like let's flip everything over to virtual let's figure yeah. it all out let's race but then i immediately said like let's use this downtime to make myself bored and see what creativity comes out of this because everybody was running around so fast maybe we could use this downtime to actually think and make Intelligent, intentional choices about stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of number one for me, and in mindfulness and meditation, is let me give myself thirty minutes twice a day to just process stuff, just slow down, hit the pause button, and reset. And I also use it to kind of come down from uh, big high events. So if I I work Mm -hmm. out and exercise, I like to bring my heart rate down and rest and just recover and just let me take thirty minutes after this run or this workout to just rest and, and recover before I move on to the next thing. Same things when I do a big public speech or a, a interview like this is immediately after that was super fun, but let me reset and get back to center.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my, my third thought there is um, around rhythms. So we can't, yes. we all like the peaks, but we can't stay super high and, and be running at hundred miles an hour, 24 seven. So it's important for me to hit all of the different levels. I want to be mm-hmm. uh, have the high highs, have fun, go out, play, enjoy life, like really experience joy, but then kind of come back in and center and, and process that and allow that to, to sink in. And also when you're low. So feeling those lows, I, I think I told you I've been trying to cry it out more this mm-hmm. year and like yeah. really experience bad feelings, because when you try to suck those out, you mm-hmm. suck out the joy too. So, kind of thinking of it like a, a sine curve of that I want to experience highs every day. I want to experience lows every day. And yes. I need to get back to center sometimes too, just so that I, neither one of those drag on further yeah. than it should.
0: And because I think a lot of times people associate playfulness and play with happiness, which is let's <laughs> right. be happy, you know, because smile and it'll make you happy. Like, I know there's all the science behind that kind of stuff, but I think like what I'm hearing from you is that being playful and being centered and all of this, it's more about being really true to yourself, really honest about your feelings. And then when you have that capacity, you can feel the higher highs and you know that the lows aren't forever. Um, There's just something so powerful about that.
1: Um, There's two other things for me there. I, exactly what you said. One is making memories. So I think 2020 was such a weird year for everybody because The days felt like weeks and the weeks felt like months, but when you look back on it, time flew Mm -hmm. and the psychological research says this is because of the memories you're creating. So when you're bored and it's all monotonous and every day is the same and you haven't left the house, time drags on, right? Time flies when you're having fun, when you're making Mm -hmm. memories and you're engaged, you know, in that flow state, time flies, your days go quick. But when you look back at a year, if you didn't make any new memories, there's no reason why your brain needs to remember every shower you took or every <laughs> breakfast you had, right? Yeah. It only remembers the super highs and the super low moments or mm-hmm. the unique ones. Mm-hmm. So my goal in the way you make your life feel longer and cre- is to create more memory. So I want to have more high highs. I want to have more low lows. And I want to avoid as much of the monotonous routine as possible mm-hmm. because that's what, um, you know, leaves us unfulfilled, right? Yeah. I, I want to make make more memories. And I think that's really I- important, right?
0: Yeah, and when you try to stay in that middle place where you don't even, where you don't feel the lows, you're not going to feel the highs. And so a lot of the things I think a lot of us are doing, including myself, I mean, I think a lot of us have done these kinds of things. They're numbing. They, we, we just want to numb ourselves. We don't want to feel right. all the things. And I, uh, yeah, it's like, Drinking numbs, the highs and the lows, you know, um, binging numbs in some way, binging TV shows, stuff like that.
1: Netflix, binging food and pizza, (laughs) marijuana, everything you can throw in there. Most of what people think of as fun as adults Mm -hmm. um, really fall into that category. Right. So I try to. uh, I quit drinking when I was a DJ in bars and and, and clubs because I wanted to experience it. I also had to drive home at the end, but, um, I I wanted to remember that night. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have these fun memories. I wanted to be in, in control. And I didn't want to numb those fun times, but I I think it's so hard. I don't think anybody has taught. We teach kids how to play. And we all know how to play when we're kids, but when we become adults, all of the play centers around these things. Like let's have a cocktail party. Let's go to happy hour. Let's do things that aren't actually fun, but simulate the fun. So that was part of the other transition for me here was how do I do this naturally? How do I get naturally excited? Like you said, be the best version of myself Mm -hmm. without faking it because there's a lot of simulated fun and it's almost like that fake social media and fake, reality tv yeah that there's there's fake fun too and people oh, don't, yeah. don't realize that
0: it's the grand fun I mean I remember just when I was first starting to get around in LA and my friends would do these things that were like this is what we do and we're going I remember sitting at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery for a movie hmm. and I'm a, not only my introvert I'm also claustrophobic I don't like being in large crowds and I'm Hollywood forever Forever cemetery where there's a person who goes around and basically gives you a square of lawn that you better stay in because they're packing as many people in as they can. And my friends were like with their little like cheese and olives and, and wine. And it was just, everything was picture perfect. And we took lots of pictures of everything and they all went on Instagram, but I was miserable. I was like, (laughs) get me home. And then you have to stand in these large crowds of people walking out. And I was just like, this wasn't fun for me and it really made me start thinking what do i actually find fun um and, and during times like this of course we don't even have an option to do that but i just have to share too that i um i as an introvert wasn't as upset about staying home i mean i have tons of things here i have friends in the play community from europe and the, there's the global play brigade there's the jacosa mente people in the netherlands i just talked to them and so i've had a great time meeting whole bunch of new people, including yourself. So I've Mm. met more, made more friends, but at a certain point last week, I just lost it. I just had to cry. I was just like, my brain keeps like, it's like whack-a-mole. I can't keep my brain from thinking I should go to this coffee shop today and sit with my computer. I can't do that anymore. And somehow I just reached a point where I was just like, When am I going to get to go back to Griffith Park and just walk openly? When am I going to get to not worry about a bicyclist without their thing on? When am I going to get to go to movies again? And I know that everyone's, this is cliche, and I know that everyone's feeling these things. But for me, it just, it hit recently. And I'd also been trying. Yeah, there really are. I
1: think that's fair. Yeah, I, I experienced definitely one at the beginning where it was mm-hmm. kind of like the panic, and you're like, "Toilet paper? Is this the apocalypse yeah, kind of right? thing?" Right. <laughs> but then in June there was kind of a second wave, like this isn't going to end soon. And then again in the fall when kids back went back to school, you're like, "That's not working." Yeah. And it, it does. Mm-mm. It comes in waves and it hits you at different times, so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Got to feel that and
0: experience. And the it. weird part was that I had been wanting to do this thing called the 100 Day Project. It's where you do a something creative every day for 10 minutes. It's this Instagram thing that these really cool people have been doing it for years. And I wanted to try it again this year, but I had no ideas for it, but the weird thing that happened. And I don't know if it's, if it's correlation or causation, but after I just let myself cry, I wasn't as into getting, I, I mean, I wasn't as into getting wine in the evening. I actually came up with a ton of ideas for the playful creative summit. And I really have to, I mean, sorry, playful, well, that too, I'm doing that, but, uh, the 100 day project. And I just thought, could that have something to do with it? The fact that I actually just let it out. I acknowledged it. This hurts. This sucks. And I hate this. And I cried it out. I told my husband, I feel all these things. And then, Hmm. I haven't finished that project that I was working on with my dollhouse. I could play with that. My husband bought me an yeah. Arduino kit, and I haven't played with it yet. You know, just all these things started coming up for me that of creativity that weren't there before I did that.
1: And, that is um, it. When you, when you block mm-hmm. and you you uh, block yourself, you block yourself from moving forward. You're you're yes. still processing that same event, but yeah. once you process, you can move through and get to other things. And I think it is interesting because you brought it up twice already for me about the causation and the the correlation of these things, because Mm -hmm. it's true. Sometimes how we feel determines how we act, right? Mm -hmm. That you're like, well, I I'm feeling bad today. I just can't, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to do this. I I need to (laughs) sulk. And sometimes that's okay for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. more often than not, it's how we behave that determines how we feel. Mm -hmm. So you, you never feel like going to the gym, but you always feel better coming out of the gym. Nobody yes. says like, oh, I wish I hadn't have done that today. I feel way <laughs> worse unless you got hurt or something.
0: Yeah, right. Um,
1: but the same thing is true with play and these other feelings, right? Is mm-hmm. is once you cry it out, you go, oh, I feel better. I'm I'm actually glad that I did that. But denying it holds it on and it, it makes mm-hmm. it worse and worse and goes down and a, numbing a, a, a spiral. And yeah. I found that really with play is that You got to go play and you got to mix it up and do things when you don't feel like it, because once you get into it, that's when your your body reacts to it. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot of psychological research around this that uh, feelings last from nine seconds to 90 seconds. Yeah. And anything past that you're holding on to and it's your own fault. Mm -hmm. Right. So when bad things happen or when good things happen. If you're holding on to them for days, weeks, uh, you know, longer than that, that's yeah. your problem. It's not life uh, that's yeah. bringing you those situations.
0: Yeah, that which is crazy that to be- think about. Yeah. Like the feeling if you cry that you're going to cry forever, that it's a thousand foot chasm down there, that if you let yourself go near it, you're just going to fall in and never come out. That was that's right. the hardest thing to get over. But yeah, we all have our, <laughs> I just, I just find it incredibly generous of you to be doing this kind of work, especially right now um, when, when people need it the most. And so I I'm actually just curious. So if someone were to go, it's called the clubhouse playful humans, clubhouse. Um, yeah, and I didn't what, know
1: clubhouse was going to become a thing right after I launched it. So I might love have to it. just shorten that to the club,
0: but yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, what's the clubhouse? I'm, I'm totally out of the loop here.
1: Oh, this is a, a new social media network. Now that oh, like is Facebook it? is thinking about buying where it's sort of oh, like brother. a, uh, a virtual reality they're... place where you can walk and, and meet oh. and join rooms of people talking or giving presentations and kind of do live, um, Live video in like a virtual Sims kind of world. Okay. I actually haven't done it yet, but it, it's a new thing. There's always a new. There's always thing,
0: a new thing. Right? And but if Facebook's but gonna this community buy it, I don't want is it. just
1: a private. <laughs> think of a private Facebook group, but not yeah. on
0: Facebook. Yeah. yeah right. Very cool. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm excited. I went in the first thing I saw was your latest episode with Jeff Harry. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll get some good conversations. I'll definitely be able to make sure to visit every day. And, um, I really would invite people. There'll be a link on the show notes for this episode to, um, go join and I will be there and who knows what else can be invented there to yeah, I'm excited for the, there's fun for, quizzes for kind of and
1: different polls. And, and I like to show examples of people that are having fun, right. Mm-hmm. Um, people like, uh, Steve Martin is a role model of mine or the Naked ah. Ladies or Neil deGrasse Tyson or, or yes. somebody that's really like living their, their, you know, passion, their purpose, and they're having a whole lot of fun doing what they're doing. So there's lots of different viral videos of of people that uh, I can't think of the guy's name now, but you know, the, the science physics guy,
0: um, Mark Rober, Mark Rober, uh, that's who I was
1: thinking about. Love Mark Rober. Like he's, (laughs) he's loving his his best life. He's always having fun setting up a squirrel obstacle course or something. And you're like, that's great. Or the, the fart uh, glitter bomb, you know, for package thieves. (laughs) Like, that's just awesome to me. That, that is somebody having a lot of fun with what they do. Yes. And I think the more we see those, the more we see opportunities in our life to to play or to execute on these ideas that we all have. I think we all have these whispers of of inspiration. Oh, it'd be fun to paint or like you said, work on a dollhouse or Mm -hmm. create a new podcast or whatever it is. And then we go, eh, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to get paid for that. It sounds hard. (laughs) I'd have to learn this new app. And, and we give ourselves all these adult reasons to to yeah. opt out of it. So I want to give as many people as I can reminders to go play and to do it and, and to figure it out and mess it up and do yep. something ugly first. Cause that's where the good stuff comes from.
0: Yep. And if you ever feel out there, like you're just cannot figure out how to work, play into your life, b- both Mike and I both started big, huge projects that are a lot of work just to get ourselves to play which right. means it must be, it must not be super easy. If that's what, for me, it's the same exact thing. It, you know, it's not easy, but if we're all out there together showing us what it's like, and we show off our show off our role models, mo- most of mine come from weird videos I find on Imgur of like a guy who made a double bicycle into himself as a centaur with legs. <laughs> and a horse. I just, I love stuff like that. Um, but yeah. yeah, like to show off the, and so, the, yeah, I will definitely be excited to see all these people on the, like if you go into this social network, you're not gonna also find the things that bring you so much grief. And it is good to follow the news to know what's going on in the world. I'm not saying that, but I know when I go to I, don't know, play for I humans, am. I
1: don't it's all made up. They're they're oh, yeah. all stories. It doesn't matter.
0: Um,
1: I mean, honestly, if you don't follow the, I've done because I've done it uh, for yeah. for ninety days. If you yeah. don't follow the news at all, somebody will oh, really? tell you <laughs> if something important happens. You're right.
0: You're absolutely Like somebody right. in
1: your life will bring up. Oh my gosh, did you hear what happened uh, in in Washington? You know, like when there were the riots. Like no, I didn't. <laughs> what happened? They're like, oh, there's riots at the Capitol. Yeah. It's right. Have Is there a friend any who didn't
0: know, and I told her, yeah. and she's like, "What?" <laughs>
1: yeah, and then I and then I ask about it, and I ask myself, like, "Is there anything that I can do about it? Does it affect me at all?" Nope. Great. Uh, move on with my life. Get back to having fun and doing my thing. But um, um, so the detox doesn't I had to push loop. push back a little no, bit there because I think there yeah, are so right. many things that we go. We we all feel like we have to keep up, or do I have to make money and and things? Well, no, you can you can retire with Mm rarely, relatively very low amount of money if you don't need very much. Yeah. Um, So I know everybody's at a different spectrum and everybody has their own thing, but that's all made up, right? How much money you think you need is a made up amount of money. Um,
0: Yeah. I guess Ani DeFranco did say all of this was just someone's idea. It could just as well be mine to have our own ideas for what we want for our lives. And If we want to do a digital detox, it doesn't mean we're being bad citizens. It just means that we have a lot less stress going on for the next little
1: while. (laughs) Right, yeah, (laughs) for sure. And anything, I mean, you don't feel guilty about playing and and living Mm -hmm. the life that you choose. I mean, nobody says life has to be hard. I I don't know who made Mm -hmm. that up. And I especially hate it with work and entrepreneurship. That
0: It's the Protestant uh, work. I think the
1: companies playing and the people having the most fun are the most Successful. The ones that are grinding and trying to maximize ROI, even if they are successful, they're not enjoying the ride. No. So that's that's a dumb
0: high turnover. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This has been incredible because I honestly I didn't know you that well. I I mean, we our conversation on your podcast was my first time, and I had never really talked about my own self in a really. So it was kind of scary. I was terrified that day.
1: Well, definitely Um, check out Kara's episode, playfulhumans.com. Click on the podcast link (laughs) and find Kara for sure.
0: Yeah. And again, it is such an amazing format and you're inspired me to maybe rethink some things for playgrounding. Yeah. I just love the way you do your podcast. So I advise everyone to go and I'll also make sure there's a link to that. So again, Mike, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure meeting you and shout out to Jeff, Harry for uh, introducing us. I'm so grateful that you're now part of my play community.
1: Yeah, uh, same <laughs> right back to you and steal all of those ideas. I think that's one of the things too that I'm trying to do with this project is mm-hmm. uh, give people ideas to steal, to have fun and to to do more life. Like there's so much available in this world and goes back to that money concept yep. that I was just talking about. I want to go with the flow. I want to share yeah. these ideas. And if people are digging it and liking it and getting the joke, that's what it's for. Other opportunities will, will come my way, but um, take all of it. Anything that you can find on on my website for all you and all, all of the listeners take it and use it for sure.
0: Awesome. All right. Wow. Thank you so much. And um, this has been such a wonderful conversation and um, I'll make sure there are links to the playful humans podcast and to the club clubhouse, whatever we are calling it these days um, (laughs) on the show notes. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Go play. Go play. Thank you so much for listening. Please hurry over to playgrounding.com slash 67, where you will find the link to Mike's Playful Humans Clubhouse. Um, I will be there and we'll have some fun over there. And also be sure to head to Playgrounding's homepage, where you will find a link to sign up for the Playful Creative Summit. Did you get those two things down on your to-do list? All right, cool. I will see you next week.